Welcome in, fight fans. Here on a Wednesday, it is time for the MMA on Series XM podcast. I am Ryan McKinnell. Got overkill Angela Hill along for the ride here on this episode and today's episode of MMA on Sirius XM. We got an interview with the Huggy Bear himself, fresh off his victory at UFC 279. Chris Barnett joins the show and fight promoter extraordinaire, the president of Matchroom Boxing, Eddie Hearn stops by to talk about the massive trilogy fight going down this weekend in Las Vegas between Gennady Golovkin, Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. Joining the show right now, Beast Boy himself, Huggy Bear himself, Chris Bardet here on a Wednesday. What's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm good, man. I uh, appreciate y'all having me. I, uh, we, y'all got me Harlem shaking now. <laughs> Chris, I got a feeling, man. You pr- I was going to say, you've probably been dancing for the last three days straight. A victory like that, man, like it was a roller coaster for us. We were kind of just talking about it in the waiting room before we brought you in and before we obviously got back in the air. We were all going through emotions. It was one of those fights that just had the swings, the ups and downs. I can't imagine what that had to have been like. Like for you in there getting your eye worked you know what i mean having to battle through that and i mean obviously jake can throw bombs we saw that in the fight and then you go out and you get the victory the way you did obviously your your celebrate your signature celebratory uh you know post fight uh sort of excitement and yeah man I, I would just say that we see how you celebrate after the fight immediately but you're three days removed from one of the bigger wins of your career how do you celebrate a win like that i mean i know you got the media you got obligations what do you do you just vibe back home you get some ice cream you play some games like what is a what is a victory tour for chris barnett look like this bed baby i'm telling you Uh. me and my bed have been best friends (laughs) (laughs) Uh, now man um really just um of course uh, the day i got back my my mom literally threw down there was like i was like oh my god yes Hold on, now, hold yeah, on, hold yeah. on. What is what does Mama Barnett bring for the victory party? I am I mean, so curious. Uh, all we course. do is talk about food, man. All, <laughs> we started the show talking about food. Angie was in Paris. That's all we talked about for the first 15 minutes of the show. So let's continue on that theme. Yes. Tell us. Typical, tell us. The typical Southern, you know, we we had we had the, the collard greens with the yes. with the turkey, the turkey, oh. the big turkey wing in mm. it to make the greens better and whatnot. Of course, oh, I yes. stole the turkey wing out of the greens with the greens <laughs> in it. You know, the mac and cheese. Uh, she she had actually whipped up some like uh, some sweet potato fries, and I was like, ah, Ooh. let me try. It. Of course, devoured all of that. Uh, of course, okay. the chicken was on the table. Uh, yeah. She she's you know she's big on her fruit, so we had our blueberries, strawberries, all the you know all the the, the whole assortment, man. So I, I literally tore everything up uh, as soon as I walked through the door. The kids were like, hey, how you doing? I was like, hang on. Forget them kids, Chris Barnett. <laughs> 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 Hang on, Don't get uh, your fingers bit over here. Watch out. <laughs> uh, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Crazy. Dude, you you have such good energy going into these fights. And I, I just love every time you make your walk because I'm just so excited to to see see what you're gonna do in there. It's always a really uh a really fun time watching you fight. But the last one was a little uh a weird so how does it feel being able to get this like nasty tko victory after having like the last one just in kind of in an anticlimactic way uh it it, it goes to show i have to be on number cards apparently mm. i can't be in the apex <laughs> like i, <laughs> I need to break that in a new contract or something mm. uh but like honestly 
like I, I love the apex for what it is you know what i mean like it's perfect for the contender thing especially now that i actually got to go to one of the uh the contender shows uh my, my buddy carl williams just won the contract uh oh. last tuesday so uh Congrats. but yeah we were out there so that that's a cool like you know element vibe because it's like you know ufc boom 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 but it's not sure that crowd vibe like when i walked out and i saw those little magic fingers of the fans just like and i was like oh <laughs> boy like there's there's a different excitement that i get you know what i mean knowing that that like especially when they're vibing with you like i know mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna come a day where i walk in and i'm gonna get the boo i don't know man you know, i don't but, know don't but, hold your don't hold your right, breath Chris I know, right? wrong, like I, who's I, gonna man, bo- like, like i i punch someone <laughs> Right they bid you. You I'm pull Chris Martin like, out, you're getting these hands, man. You're getting these hands. I understand, like, you know, say, say I go to Brazil and have to, and have okay. to punch yeah. somebody from Brazil. All right, I all right. Yeah. I, I might not punch like, someone in Brazil. I might <laughs> I definitely get stomped. <laughs> Multiple people. <laughs> but yeah, not like that, that, that you know, that, that's just like that, that the aura of, of right. the T-Mobile Arena, you know, like as soon as I walked out, I heard the, and I was like, oh gosh, oh gosh. And then the way like that that song swag surf, you know, everybody does the oh, oh, the fact that like half of them knew it. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, so that right there, like stole it. I was like, Christian, better calm down. You're a little too excited. We still got to make this walk. All right, hang on. <laughs> breathe, breathe, breathe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but by the time we got to the cage and they were still screaming, I was like, yeah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun tonight. Nice, nice. And um, so after that first round, it was it was a pretty scary round, probably for for your corner, especially um, and for your mom and whoever is like watching. But uh, your eye looked like it was closing up and I couldn't hear on the broadcast. But what did you say to the doctor to assure him that you were good to go? Because I need to know this information. Here's 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 what was really terrifying to me. That was the same doctor that wouldn't let me cut. He wouldn't let me cut that pound and a half. Ah. Like he was like, he he grabbed my wrist at the uh, at the weigh-in thing, and he goes, "Nope, you can't do it." I can tell right now. If you go out there and try to cut this one and a half pound, I guarantee you're gonna lose tomorrow. And I was like, "Whoa, what? Hang on, I'm like yeah, like he wow. he was saying wow. my resting heart rate was too high uh, to go cut this pound, a pound and a half as I'm yeah. still sweating, like." I was sweating on the scale. Like everybody's like, yo, take your drawers off. I was like, yo, I'll just go cut the pound. Like I'm not about to yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. Like, <laughs> so like literally, like we had we had scheduled the the weight cut too late because 11 like was the final time you had to be in the apex at 11, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we showed up at 10 at the, at the apex and started cutting because I only had like three to go getting it mm. off easy, sitting there like, I felt bad because, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, the the little guy who missed weight also. Um, oh, uh, Mean Hakeem. Uh, yeah, Hakeem, yeah. he was in there. We literally saw him gain weight as he was trying to lose weight. Oh, like, it was, it was a scary cut for him. Yeah, mm. like, who we, yeah. Uh, but it's like, I was watching that, I was like, man, I got three, I feel like, uh, let me, <laughs> like, I felt bad, you know? Like, I was like, oh, let me, let me get out of his way, you know? So yeah. we get to the apex, literally, I'm laughing, joking with everybody. I'm not in any type of, you know, 
distraught or anything, I weigh in 0.5 over and I'm like, okay, all right, here we go. Let me go to the doctor, check me out. He checks me out and he's like, I'll tell you what you're not going to do. You're not going to lose this one point, like 1.5. And I was like, what? No, no, insane. I can't be, I, I can't be this part of history. I can't be on this side of it. Were and you aware? Were you aware that you would have been the only the second person in heavyweight history to not make weight in the UFC? No, well, no, I think, yeah, somebody had told me, they were like, well, you won't be the first one. I was like, and I ain't going to be the second one either, dog, <laughs> it? But, uh, of course, <laughs> here we are. But That's yeah, funny. man, like, I want to say now, I guess I appreciate the doctor for not, you know, not yeah. letting me, whatever, but he walks into the ring and I was like, oh. You gotta uh, be kidding go. me right now. I was like, no, uh, not you. Doctor, doctor, doctor death, essentially. It's coming. Yeah, it's like death. Undertaker's music hits. You're like, oh, yeah. no. Like, no. Uh, the crowd's booing. Like, nah, get yeah. out of here. He looks at my eye and yeah. he goes, well, can you see? And I was like, yeah, of course I can see. Um, but meanwhile, again, DC said I had a stroke. I was like, bro, come on now. Uh, my lip, Jake had knocked like half my cheek out inside of my cheek. So I'm doing this. That's why my left side looked like that. I'm uh. trying to bite the inside of my cheek because it's just like there's a hunk of it dangling from oh, I guess, one of, uh, either his kick or his punch or something. Oh, but it's God. like I have a butter knife with this mouthpiece in trying to trying to saw this like half of my cheek out. You know, so uh, that's why I'm like halfway in the fight. Like, uh, hello, my honey. Hello, my <laughs> Looking like Michigan J. Frog. Oh, that's yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> the doctor comes in and he's talking and I'm like, all right, last time that doctor was Boudet, he moved his fingers and he was telling me left and right, but he was going to the other side. And I was like, hang on, not this time. I'm just going to follow the guy's fingers. So uh -huh. he goes, all right, can you see my finger? I was like, yeah, uh-huh, one. Oh, yeah, there it is, uh-huh. Then I tried to make a joke with him real quick, and I was like, yeah, and I see my ugly coach, too. And he looked at me and goes, yeah, you can fight. Go ahead. You better, be, you better protect that. No, it was like, the joke. It was the yeah, joke. I'm that you, 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 you de-weaponized. You, de you de-escalated the situation. Yes. yes, I like it. <laughs> it had to be, you know, just because I knew he was, like, he was a little guy. He let you know that he's yeah. been doing this since the Gracie's. He told yeah. me that like four times in the back, you know, <laughs> at, the, at the apex. So I was like, okay. hey, I told, as soon as my coach came by, I go, hey, before you say anything to him, he's been doing this since the grace. <laughs> and of course, my coach came back and told me, he goes, yeah, he said it two times to me too also. And I was like, oh my God. Just so you know. <laughs> now we all know. But yeah, oh, man, man. But yeah uh, it, it was, I could see out of it. The only time I really couldn't see, like, I don't know how blood got up in it, but like Ooh. when the blood was in it, that's when I couldn't see. But once that like started to trickle down, I don't know if I just got like strong cheekbones or whatever, but I was able to like hold it open enough to where mm. it was like, hey, we got to buckle down and get up out of here, sir. So the, that was my mindset going into round two. I was going to say that. You were a monster. Yeah, and, that's what uh, I was going to say too. Yeah, I was going to say, Angie, the round two is, I was going to say, that's probably expedited your, I don't know, added a little bit of fire under your ass mm -hmm. for that round two. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it was. It was like, all right, look, I can't leave here looking like sloth. Because the crazy thing is this left eye, I give it about, man, I don't know. I don't want to jinx anything, but I'm going to look like T3 or T2, whichever Terminator it was with the red eye soon. Because <laughs> I've got, I don't know if y'all can see, the, these scars up here. Yeah. From, that was like 34 stitches there. Then I got now 11 down here. And so, yeah, this side, I was like, all right, we got to get out of here. I can't leave this fight looking like sloth. So I said, hey, you guys, <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and 
and just started going to town, you know. And uh, luckily enough, he he I guess apparently said in a couple of interviews, he actually called it. He said, "I'm either gonna gas myself out, and Chris <laughs> is gonna get the win, or I'm gonna knock him out in the first. So. You know, I guess he 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 spoke it in two first. I was just saying, maybe not put that, maybe not put Good that job. out in the universe, right? <laughs> right. Like Jake just say it, just say it. But the crazy thing is, like Jake's known for a good tank. So, mm. like in my head, I was like, "There's no way he's tired yet. We've got to make him tired." Like if you in the video game, you know, you hit him enough, they start getting woozy and tired. I was like, "I right. gotta start landing these shots," you know. So I think I ended up catching him like with a left, right to begin, and I saw his face kind of go. He took one of those stumbling, breathing breaths, and I was like, oh, yeah. here we go, baby. It's time to go sand. Let's do it now. Yeah. And that's what happened. It was like, pop, 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 yeah. pop, You were throwing like elbows, uppercuts with the same Everything. arm. Like, I was like, oh, we got to give it all to him right now. Everything <laughs> in, the in the kitchen sink. And then uh, one thing that I really loved about that fight was the same takedown he got in the first round was the one you defended in the second. And that was the whole, like, the turn Listen. of the fight. Like, because, mm -hmm. yeah, you were, you were nailing him in the beginning of the second but that takedown attempt that he stopped that you stopped was really mm -hmm. the beginning of the end and uh man that was it was such an awesome performance because you could see the levels at to which you can perform you know like you could see the skill set you could see the years of wrestling and judo and the, the ground finally off right <laughs> when you got on top of them so is this a technique that you do because like you didn't do the traditional like when you squeeze with your knees and you're on top uh on mount you had like uh, a split, a split. Like, yeah. <laughs> split. is that like a special technique or split. yeah no, like, <laughs> you know. no that was um honestly with say i knew it was more of a jujitsu practitioner then mm. I would have, you know, gone for the, as they call it, we call it a hundred kilos, you know, gone to the side and did something. Mm. But I knew with Jake, he was tired. I could like, mm. you could literally hear him. <sighs> and I know like if I, that, that press down with that leg, like that, yeah. that one back leg bent. And if you press down, oh, like I've had, I've had actually, who was it? Oh my God. I think it was Ju Powell or either uh, Douglas. One of them did it to me to press my sternum. And I was like, hey, y'all aren't this big. Why do you feel so big right now? <laughs> What is nice. going on? You know, so it wasn't per se, um, how can I say? It wasn't done on purpose. Also, mm. I'm not going to be the person that's going to go for the submission. I'm just, I'm going to punch. I'm going to punch until literally, like, it, I love the fact that Jake was, he did the little kid punch from the bottom. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you don't go to bed right now. Stop it. Uh -uh. Stop it. No, you didn't just hit me. No, uh, <laughs> but but oh, yeah, no, like, like, I know per se, this whole gladiator type mindset, a lot of people would rather see somebody punch them out than go for that submission, you know? And then also mm. at that point, I didn't know Jake could have all of a sudden, you know, peppered up and I go for a submission, I miss sure. it. Then next thing you know, now I'm on bottom getting punched in the face. Exactly. So I was like, it's going to be safer for me to hit these splits on them and hit these hits. Splits and hits, baby. That's what I was selling. That, Yo, that, like that, that, that. needs, that needs like to be that. a t-shirt, Chris Barnett. Splits right? and hits. I'm with that. Yeah, I like it. A, that was say, Angie, it's a license to print money right now. We're here with Huggy Bear, the one and only Chris Barnett, fresh off his victory at UFC 279.
listen, Chris, we're up against it here, man. But I do got to ask you, obviously, this is a big week for you. You're enjoying your win. You're getting it in with some good old home cooking, some soul food, <laughs> which we always love to hear. And, and, and I know this is a stock question, but you do find yourself in an advantageous position. You have a big win on a big card that people were paying attention to. I know you want to revel in the celebration and enjoy the win, but you've also got to be thinking about what your next steps are because listen, man, like, I mean, you are a veteran of this sport. Let's talk with Dean Thomas, a man, you know, well from the Florida days, right? Yes, You've been yes. doing this since 2009, <laughs> man. I don't know how many people are aware of that, but you know, almost 15 <laughs> years in the game, what I'm getting at Chris time is of the essence. So how do you maximize this win on Saturday? And what does the future hold for you over these next six months? Do you have a, do you have an opponent in mind? Do you have a next step in mind? I don't like, man, I, I love being, what do they call it? Like that, that, that dog, like, Hey, yeah. throw me up, throw me up against them, you know, keep it moving. If I, if they, they give me time to heal this up, if I got to save a card, let me know, you know what I mean? Mm. Like I, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, be that, be that guy, man. And I think they know that, you know, uh, yeah. from, from previous things and whatnot, but um, yeah, no, I know, I know longevity is, 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 is tough in this sport, you know what I mean? But you know, what's crazy is, I never did it the right way, like my first 10 years, like, you know what I mean? Now I'm doing it right. Like cryotherapy, massage therapy, like everything, like, you know, getting, getting stuff done that I should have been doing a long time ago. And not to say that it's, it's reviving me, but man, I'm telling you what there, uh, uh, shout out to Tara at the PI out there. <laughs> I swear every time I go out to that PI in Vegas, they put like five years back on my career, mm -hmm. like just from like the, the, the cupping and yeah. stuff that I knew I should have been doing, but we really, at the time I didn't have the money to invest, to do stuff like that. You know what I mean? So here they are with this whole PI for these fighters. That's just like, Hey, here, you want a cold tub? Go ahead, jump in there. It's freezing. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is, you know. So um, I think what's weird, like what, how old is Arlowski? 40, oh, 47. Nah, I mean, he might near, <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to date him that oh, bad, but he's definitely play. in his 40s, maybe like 42. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know what I mean? So like, uh, and then that again, uh, my, my homie Alistair. Alistair's about to fight again soon. Uh, mm, he's fighting yep. uh, by the Hari soon, you know what I'm saying? So uh, like, uh the once you i don't want to it sounds weird once you start taking care of your body your body's like you know what thank you finally you know so yeah. like my my <laughs> knees used to be like they used to bother me but now that i actually started taking care of them it's like hey hey thank you for doing that you know what we're gonna do we're gonna let you do five more squats today buddy <laughs> like, oh, thanks guys you know what i mean so it's weird how my body's actually starting to work with me but i also understand this whole the the time time waits for no one <laughs> you know time is undefeated out here in the street so mm -hmm. um I mean hey let's let let's take it where we're going and let's ride this rainbow until it stops you know what I'm saying like that that's where I'm at with it like as long as I'm having fun and as long as the fans are feeling it then I'm I'm willing to go wherever we need to go with it to be honest. Couldn't have <laughs> couldn't have said it any better. The one and only Huggy Bear, Chris Barnett, joining us on a Wednesday. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here from WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more. We talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is 
is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. The third meeting between generational boxers. One of the best doing it today. One of the pound for pound greats, Canelo Alvarez, taking on. I, I'm going to say it. His greatest rival, Gennady Golovkin, Triple G, and to talk about it, Match Room Boxing President and Fight Promoter Extraordinaire Eddie Hearn joining us here on a Wednesday. What's up, Eddie? Thanks for having me, guys. Man, thank you for joining. Uh, I, we were just talking about a little bit in the break. Uh, never a dull moment in your world, Eddie Heard. You've got drama on all sides of the pond. Uh, obviously, the fight that is upon us on Saturday is Triple G and Canelo, but I do want to talk to you a little bit about Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. We'll pause that conversation, though, because, Eddie, I'm excited for a trilogy. It isn't often you get some generational boxers like this, Gennady Golovkin, Canelo Alvarez. I know you're a promoter. I know it's your job to talk about the fights, but just as a fan, like optically, yeah. it feels good to have a trilogy like this that matters again. Yeah, and I'm a fan. You know, like yeah. I'm the guy that gets to see those head-to-heads just a few inches away. And I saw one yesterday and, it, you know, it makes my the skin just go tingly all over my body when I'm next to those guys because quite rightly, as a boxing fan, these are the generational greats of our time. Canelo Alvarez the undisputed super middleweight world champion, Gennady Golovkin, the unified middleweight world champion. They're two Hall of Fame fighters, you know, that will be in that, in that um, mix for sure. And they get to go again. And you're right about trilogies. The reason you see trilogies is because the first two were so good. You know, you just right. don't see trilogies if they weren't. And one and two was two of the best fights I've ever seen. I honestly believe this will be the best of the three. They cannot stand each other. You know, and yeah. Gennady Golovkin knows he's got one last roll of the dice here. He feels he won the first two fights. Some fans agree with him as well. But out the window now, he's got one more chance to try and strip these belts from Canelo Alvarez, who in turn is coming off a defeat. But, you know, when I saw him yesterday, wow, you know, I just said to him, wow, you look ready. He said, <laughs> so much more than ready. I was like, well, okay, you know, and his neck was like that, you know, and he just, I think he's, they're, they're both of them really fired up for this fight. Well, understandably so. I mean, you, you kind of hit on it with, with Triple G, kind of this being his last hurrah in terms of knocking down and uh, taking those belts away from Canelo and exacting his revenge. But the flip side of it, something you also mentioned, and this is the thing that I think is most intriguing about this fight. Listen, I was going to be interested in this fight no matter what, but the fact that Canelo Alvarez is coming off a loss to Dimitri Bivol, and again, let's preface that. That was Canelo going above and beyond, trying to reach the stars, trying to take, you know, just keep going up up and wait it speaks volumes to his competitiveness but as we talk about competitiveness this is in terms of a make it or break it moment in terms of you know proving doubters wrong or getting on the other side of that bivol loss i would imagine we have a very uh motivated and, and i dare i would say like pissed off canelo alvarez mm. yeah very much so and you know when we did the initial press conferences a couple of months ago he came straight up to the head-to-head -head and he was like in Gennady golovkin's face he feels that Gennady Golovkin doesn't really say anything to his face, yet in all these media interviews, you know, takes shots at him for, for various different stuff. And right. he's told me and he's told reporters, you know, Canelo Alvarez says, I will not ha be happy unless I'm standing over this man on Saturday night on the floor finishing his career. And that's going to lead us to a great fight because Canelo Alvarez is going to do everything he can to knock out Gennady Golovkin, who, by the way, has a granite chin. I mean, they both have granite chins. But, you know, up at 168 pounds, this is really going to suit Gennady Golovkin. Yes, he's 40 years old, but also he's been making 160 pounds 
for like 15 years. Right. You know, he's going to be so much more durable. His tank's going to be, you know, much have greater capacity. And I think he's going to punch harder as well. But if Gennady Golovkin comes out recklessly, he's going to walk onto shots from Gennady Golovkin. And you just don't walk onto shots from him. You know, I know they both took a lot of punishment in the first two fights, but sooner or later, one of those is going to put you to sleep. And I really believe this fight will not go 12 rounds on Saturday. And I think it'll be the best of the three so far. Well, I certainly hope you are right there, Eddie Hearn. We're here with Eddie Hearn, Matchroom, boxing president, fight promoter. Eddie, I I, got to ask you, right, just as the fight promoter, you're looking at the numbers, you see the interest. I know T-Mobile is going to be on fire. I know Las Vegas is going to be hyped up. I know the vibe here in the city is going to be awesome because it always is with the Canelo Alvarez fight week. But I'm curious in terms of the interest, in terms of pay-per-view, in terms of what this trilogy is going to draw, how do you think that loss to Dimitri Bivol affected that from the Canelo side? Well, I think there was an air of invincibility around Canelo Alvarez. And when we announced the possibility of the trilogy, people were excited, but it was like, well, who can beat Canelo? Well, the answer was Dimitri Bivol. So now yep. I think just, you know, you, you can't help but give Gennady Golovkin a better shot in this fight through that defeat. You're right in everything you say. He will come back stronger. He's more motivated. But at the same time, there's a lot of pressure on Canelo Alvarez. Like if he sure. was to have back-to-back defeats against Bivol and Gennady Golovkin. Like, all of a sudden, you're going from pound-for-pound pound number one invincibility to where's your career going? It's unbelievable, you know, and, and it would all be over, like, six months. So I just feel that, uh, you know, the fan base, of course, of Canelo Alvarez is just incredible, you know, Mexican Independence sure. Weekend. But people love and respect Gennady Golovkin as well. And, you know, he is he calls himself the people's champion. And there is a little bit of that as well. But, you know, I just, I just feel that, the intrigue around this fight, Gennady moving up to 68, you know, the, the defeat by Canelo Alvarez. And I think the amazing thing in all sort of fight sports, but particularly boxing, is when someone suffers a defeat, it's like, wow, was this guy really as good as we thought he was? Yeah. You know, and people start questioning the actual credentials and ability of that of that fighter. And you see that a little bit about Canelo Alvarez. And if I'm if I was the fighter and I'm watching Canelo Alvarez in that fight, I'm thinking, wow, actually, this guy's beatable. And Gennady Golovkin is a guy that feels like he's beat him twice. Yeah, I like uh, it. I like it. Yeah, intriguing stuff. Um, speaking of where's your career going, you got the unfortunate task of being offered to promote the first Jake Paul fight. And <laughs> I saw that you turned it down at first, but then eventually you decided, all right, I'll give it a try. What what convinced you that this was something that was, I guess, for lack of better words, worth your time? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I promoted Jake Paul's debut. I also did Logan Paul against KSI, which was a huge fight at Staples Center. And, you know, I understand that world. Um, as a fight fan, someone that's grown up around boxing since like eight years old, I do find it a little bit difficult, you know, to, to stand up there and speak <laughs> from my heart. But I do understand the audience. I understand the numbers. And, and Jake Paul does things a little bit differently. You know, Jake Paul is not YouTube boxing. Jake, Jake Paul is a YouTuber who has turned into a boxer. Now, mm. the criticism will be is he's not fighting real boxers, and that is true. But he's also putting the time in. He's doing the sparring. He's in a professional camp. And he's fighting guys like Anderson Silva. And, you know, he was trying to fight Tommy Fury and Hasim Rahman. So I think he's a, you know, everybody has the right to take up boxing. There's no barriers to entry. So he just happens to have a big fan base with it. Um, but... YouTube boxing is something a little bit different. You know, I'm not 
I think these guys have got to be a little bit careful. You know, we saw a bad knockout at the weekend in one of those fights. And I think yeah. it, it, you know, this is a dangerous sport. And Jake Paul is taking it seriously. He's putting in the hard spars. He's, he's living the life of, of a fighter. But YouTube boxing, I had a dabble with. And listen, the numbers were huge. You know, we sold out Staples Center, you know, seven-figure pay-per-view buyers around the world. But as someone who is so passionate about the sport of boxing, I did find the press conferences a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I figured there had to be like a, a good and bad to it just because you are so well respected. And this was a very controversial thing that, you know, when it first yeah. started, a lot of people were turning their nose up at it. But now it seems super successful. So, um, you know, you're you're a huge part of the success. And I don't know how how high do you think the ceiling is for something like that? And will we see another Jake Paul in the future? Because he seems to be the one that's actually doing it well out of all the other YouTubers who, who have tried to make yeah. that same transition. I think again, it's him moving in. He's moved. He's in boxing. You know, they're in the YouTube mm -hmm. world. I think, um, I think that you're going to see a lot of YouTubers trying to, you know, benefit off boxing. I mean, the reality is, is these guys have built huge fan bases they can go into anything and actually become successful because of that following. A lot of them are choosing to move into boxing, which, you know, is, I think when we talk about, is it good or bad for boxing? It's a question we get a lot. The reality is, is that anything that puts eyes on the sport is good. And anything that can potentially bring a new audience and a new fan base to the sport is good. But when we bring them here, we need to educate them about real boxing and how beautiful this sport is, how dramatic this sport is, you know, how glamorous it can be, how brutal it can be, how crushing it can be. And because everybody knows that, you know, if you if you experience boxing, if you touch boxing, if you're a part of boxing, it'll never leave your life. So we need to make sure that that audience, once they come in, sees the, sees the real side of the sport and not just a couple of YouTubers running around a ring. But I think Jake Paul at least is part of some proper fights um, and that yeah. audience will come in. And, and if they stay, fantastic. But we, we do need to keep evolving. But we mm. do need to be careful as promoters because ultimately broadcasters will look at the product. And if the product is doing great numbers, which some of these YouTube events are, you know, at what point does the broadcaster say, well, we don't want real boxing anymore. We want this YouTube stuff, which would be just crushing for the sport of boxing. We're nowhere near that yet, but it does give promoters like us a kick up the backside and say, you must do better. You must make the bigger fights. You must hit the numbers to make sure that we keep the real sport alive. Well, you know, uh, you bring up a great point about uh, just the integrity of the sport kind of being muddied because people want to see things that aren't very good <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> like you get that with uh, with journalists. A lot of times they have to do uh, fluff pieces instead of talk about the real news because that's what people like to click on. And I feel like that's the same with the YouTuber fights. Um, but one transition that you do see is a lot of uh, MMA athletes making that transition to boxing. So I'm wondering as a promoter, what type of attributes are you looking for? If you do see like someone like a Nate Diaz or uh, someone like an Anderson Silva, some type of uh, MMA fighter trying to make that transition, what are you looking for? Cause a lot of my friends would like to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I look at it. I think, you know, as a promoter, we're, we're actively looking for those names in MMA to make that transition because they've built big fan bases. And it, it's quite fascinating to see that uh, and mixed martial artists transit, trans, transcend to boxing. And I think some of these guys have 
the ability to box. Some of them have amateur boxing pedigree. You know, some of them you can see in a cage, they like to stand and fight. You know, if you look at the current crop, like Molly McCann, you know, she's mm-hmm. actually a boxer. She was an ABA champion, a national champion in boxing. Nate Diaz can box. You know, Conor McGregor even had an amateur boxing sure. background. So a lot of these guys, Francis and Garnu, you know, keeps talking about making that transition as well. So, like, I think you look at some of them that weren't good enough to, you know, like a, a Ben Askren was a good example of someone that couldn't <laughs> box, you know, and, and obviously <laughs> you, you saw that in a fight. But even, um, you know, after that, other people that, that Jake Paul's for and stuff like that, some of them, it's very difficult as it would be for a boxer to get in and compete in the cage. It's going to be very difficult for a mixed martial artist to get in the boxing ring and compete with a fighter. But the fan base that they bring, and Nate Diaz being a good example, and obviously a lot of these UFC fighters, mixed martial artists, are now looking at the financial opportunities within boxing and saying, wow, you know, I could make that kind of money in, in a fight. And someone like Nate Diaz, who carries a huge profile with him as well, could actually make a lot of money in boxing even fighting at the lower levels, you know, he's going to get beat as he reaches any kind of level in boxing, as is Jake Paul, as is Francis Ngannou. That's just the reality, you know, as is any fighter going into mixed martial arts, like Clarissa Shields, you know, Mm -hmm. good example. She had won a couple of MMA fights, then got beat because it's just, Mm -hmm. so, but for us, what we're looking for is someone that can box, someone that, you know, when you're watching, it's not, you know, you're not watching someone thinking, wow, what am I watching here? You know, <laughs> someone that, but also someone with a big fan base, right? you know, and someone that's going to bring that MMA audience into the boxing world as well. I mean, there would be none bigger than Francis Ngannou. I mean, I think if he mm. fights a Joshua or a Tyson Fury, I mean, these are, these are globally huge events, you know, but Absolutely. also Jake, Jake Paul against um, Nate Diaz, he's a, it's, a, it's a big boxing fight. You know, and that's a fight where you give, that's a might be a 50-50 fight. I don't know. But if I'm Nate Diaz, I'm looking, if, I, if my contract is up with the UFC, I'm looking at boxing and saying, okay, give me two or three fights. Show me how I'm going to make more money than maybe I've ever made in UFC, just knocking out a few people in boxing, because there would be a lot of people that would be interested in that journey. Well, we'll get you back on, Eddie Hurd, to talk a little Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury and what the future might look like for those two men. But the future is upon us. It's just in a couple days. The trilogy, Triple G, Canelo Alvarez, live on pay-per-view, going down to T-Mobile Arena right here in Las Vegas. I'm just going to end on this. How much, Eddie, does the outcome of Saturday play into the future of Canelo Alvarez? And what is next for Cinnamon after Saturday? Because we talked about it. He is the biggest draw in boxing today. His star power is immense. I'm very curious what the future looks like and how detrimental, I guess, Saturday is to that future for Canelo. I mean, I think if he was to suffer defeat, I don't, I'm not sure where he goes. You know, I mean, still a pound for pound great, but this is a guy that's dominated the sport for so long that we've been yeah. coming off through defeats. I think he wants to make a statement on Saturday night. You know, where the future lies for him with victory, I, I don't know. I mean, this is a guy who's achieved so much. I, I think the plan should be to reach out on a global level. You know, I, I certainly want to see him come back and fight in Mexico at the Azteca Stadium in front of 120,000. Yes. That would be just an yes. incredible spectacle. He wants to rematch Dimitri Bivol. He wants to try and put that right. You know, I'd like to see him fight maybe in the Middle East. I'd love to see him fight in the UK. This is a guy that has a global fan base. But That'd be cool. Yeah, I know that all his all eyes for him are on Saturday night because he knows that Gennady Golovkin is going to have one last 
hurrah, one last roll of the dice and bring every ounce of his soul in that ring on Saturday night. And it's a very, very dangerous fight. Well, Eddie, we will be watching, and you are right. It is a dangerous fight. It is a trilogy, Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, and Canelo Alvarez, three, going down to T-Mobile Arena. Eddie, thank you for the time. First of all, I know you're a busy man. And secondly, man, thanks for putting on such great fights in this trilogy fight. I, for one, and I speak for a lot of our listeners out there, are very excited. Kick some ass on Saturday. Thanks very much, guys. MMA on SiriusXM is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Plus, catch Unlocking the Cage weekdays from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern and MMA Today Tuesday to Thursday from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Channel 156, and on the SXM app. Sirius XM Podcasts.